The light in the morning, the light in the morning, to our sense and our senses, our sen seems so dark, 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 Poetry Night rings through. On Monday, October 22nd, we said... This is a poet that Jack and I have talked about before, uh, by the name of Patrick Linentine, uh, out of the D.C. area. Uh, this poem, The Invocation for the Evening, is called... Well, it has two titles. It's called The New Cartography, or A Country of Small Moments. One... He thinks of the woman somewhere on the other continent, the trains that bear her from place to place, and how all those places are so old, crumbling walls, but also statuary, frescoes, the joy she must feel when she sees those things, knowing they will now make up some part of her, all those cities filling her up. He considers the shape of her new body. Two. We live in cities, and so our bodies become the cities we live in. He knows this. He knows our bodies are as much cartography as they are bone. Why else, he thinks, do we always look for home in each other? Even the best of us knows the directions we have been given have gotten more than half of it wrong. But we follow them anyway. We follow them, and we think maybe this time. Maybe here. Maybe down this road. Maybe here. Three. A man might become something if given more than half a chance, but it is always too soon or too late. Four. There is a letter. It reads, Here is the secret cartography of the earth. Here, the possum trapped in the cage in the garage beside your father's car. Here, the corner I stood on when you called me from London. Here, the corn in its field. I do not remember if we shucked it. I do remember there are the marks your father made on the trees to show how far the water would rise each year during the flood. Here, the restaurant I do not go to anymore. Here, the small man who owned it. This road curves back on itself. This road lays straight. There, there, the elk we got out of the car to watch as we shivered in the cold. Patrick Linentine, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome our first performer, our first poet of the evening, starting us off right, Jessica Lohafer. This is a poem I wrote in San Diego. It's called Savior. This tall barista is probably your future husband. The whole reason you were drawn to California to begin with, consider his hands, the way he tamps the ground espresso, hands you your chocolate croissant. You've been here nearly 30 minutes. Any moment now, he'll step around the counter, sheepish but sure, gather you in his arms, or 
get down on one or both of his knees, or push aside everything on the counter, lay you down in front of the customers. The universe has complete disregard for etiquette in the face of honest love. But my student debt, you protest. The job I never want to leave. What about that summer in Paris when I bet on the wrong thing again? I needed that bitterness for my writing. Future husband doesn't care. Understands the solemn nature of his job. He has future flowers to buy and future children to raise with your future and apparently fertile uterus. How dare he make you compromise your dreams? Does he think his clean haircut is reason enough to reject grad school, buy some real estate, and take up knitting? They don't even need wool in Southern California. He's rendering you useless. The whole thing exhausts you. Your disposition reeling, anxious for solid ground. It would be best to stay for another cup of coffee. Have lunch. Continue to write. Why not give him 30 minutes more? And this poem is called How to Take Communion. Sit near the back. Watch everyone partake before you do. You might need to think for a while. Rise to your feet, pull at your dress. Maybe you should have worn tights if you're going to be kneeling in front of all these people. The wafer is like snow and cardboard, all at the same time. You will never be able to explain this to anyone. Laugh to yourself, because you remember the story your mother told you about working at a Catholic nursing home, older women having great difficulty with digesting the host, panicked, the Lord stuck and tacky in their mouths. You aren't sacrilegious. It's funny because it distracts you, uneasy at the introspection you're about to face. Don't laugh at the wine. You never could. Returning to your seat, you're reminded again what you will hold to yourself even as months pass between visits to any altar other than yourself. There is no thing you wish to do that you can do all on your own. Thank you. That is Jessica Lohafer. Give her a hand. Keep it going. Please welcome Boris to the stage. Thanks. The old man had an offensive hairstyle that made your palm itch with the urge to smack him. Get a damn shave and straighten up that mess while you're at it. You were never anything but cruel to him. He tried to wear your leathers and your aprons, pocketed the boutonniere, even swallowed the oblong lozenge in hopes of appeasing your anger, but it was all to no avail. You hated the old man for his wavy part, for the thick oiled locks that cascaded down around his shoulders like a silver waterfall, for the comb you never found in his pocket. <laughs> this is uh, called The Roots of Evil. 
one day an evil thought, I know not from whence it came, whispered itself into my ear and bludgeoned out a nest in my brain. Not wishing to be overcome by such an intruder, I pulled the misshapen thing from my ear by the tail and held it up to the light where it began to scream and its warty, oozing skin began to blacken and smolder and it cried out, Stop! You cannot let me die this way! I deserve better than this! Now, all these years later, I am still unsure as to whether or not it told me the truth, but to be completely honest, I care less these days than I did then. At the time, I must have had at least some small measure of concern for the evil thought, for I dug a small hole just big enough to contain its destruction and buried the monster in the earth where it took root and sprouted leaves towards the light which had once threatened it. These days, its wide-spreading branches block out the sun completely, and I am overshadowed by evil. Thank you. That is Boris, ladies and gentlemen. Moving right along, would you please welcome Nancy Pag to the stage? Thank you. It's huge. Poetry night is huge. Trails. Old furniture made from sea grasses bent, shellacked. Yellow point. Early tea. How morning wipes stars from a table, slides us a plate with an egg. Up coast, bears turn boulders on beaches, decipher and eat the tide's arrangements. Stillness is a word for continuing to exist, for sea lettuce waving its tarpaulin over a crab. The ability to carry our freight of flesh down one trail or another. Thank you. This is my rant that I sent to the Bellingham Herald. And they edited it slightly, but this is the original version. A curse upon the miscreant dog owners who leave poops and poop bags all over the trails of Whatcom Falls Park. May your swimming hole or kiddie pool bloom with algae and egg sacs. May yellow jackets lurk in your mailbox. May a flock of Canada geese inhabit your backyard and turn your lawn into a stinking green slip and slide the night before your family barbecue. <laughs> May some atoms of every glass of 14 hands Merlot leap out to rapidly penetrate your shirt. May your inbox be riddled with spam. May Sanitary Service Company Incorporated regularly miss your pickup. May spitbugs find your windshield irresistible. May all manner of pupae and larvae stick to your tender garden leaves, and may the snails and slugs wipe their snot across your porch. May the ashes of your fireplace leap from the grate and sink deeply into your Berber carpet. 
May each batch of your cookies stick to your non-stick baking sheets and random hairs and droppings invade a bite of every meal you eat. May your leftovers multiply uncontrollably and putrefy your fridge. May your face be punctuated by repulsive and oozing pimples. Not forever, but just in that moment, your dear one decides not to give you a kiss. Nancy Pag, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Dr. Gary Wade. Two tonight. Uh, the first is the Rain God's natal song. I lie awake now, my mind at peace, though I am wrapped in white and tangled sheets of night frets. From my window and above I hear uneven drips of rainfall on the roof in scattered hits and rivulets soft drum from the eaves in uneven syncopation. The clock sits silent, time unticked, its quietness reminding me that I must wind its key to make the hours pass. Minutes remain unsummed in this room universe without my attention. Is there really a world outside, absent my desire or my design? Is it all a stage set by a god to test the play of my invention? Are trees here by my agreement? If this universe is but a dream, am I then the dreamer? Or am I subplot to a greater vision by a greater mind? Or does the master scene spring from your and my consensus? Not far away across the yard, Angela, the young mother, begins her morning song, praising earth and sun and cloud and rain. Were there no God, the beauty of her voice in summer rain would create him. Her song is steady, sweet, and clear, entrancing all, and for a moment the rain stops as a new rain demigod listens. Then a new and stronger drumming begins. And lastly, the new one. Autumn Saturday afternoon. A father on foot and a red slickered child on a training wheeled bike navigate a bayside path in Boulevard Park. A burst of riotous wind tosses sailboats moored on the waves, tosses the child sideways, and she goes face first into the asphalt. Her father kneels, comforting. A red-hulled harbor patrol boat pauses its push against the chop to watch while seniors in parked cars remarked, that is why children today wear helmets. A tightly wired whippet, without regard for children or helmets, chases a wind-rocked frisbee across the maple-littered grass and circles his master twice before letting go of it each time. The wind reverses its direction and moored boats face Bellingham again. Thank you. The good Dr. Gary Wade. Give him a hand. 
Please welcome Spike Daly to the stage. So uh, one afternoon I was uh, biking home from work and I saw a circle of herons in a field and it was like they were having a meeting. So I snuck up on them and wanted to see what they were talking about. Um, <clears throat> this is called Heron Ring. A rice field in a circle of herons. Steel indigo clouds brushed my arms with the feel of absent rain. They gathered to discuss the finer points of graceful. That long moment after I leap skyward. The wind fills my hollow bones like a fountain of air, and I am a storm cloud racing, sky on my back, earth tucked beneath my feet. That is my graceful, one said, stretching her white wings like atlas shoulders. The others nodded. One with feathers colored snowy ash collected his thoughts in his beak like fish before saying, my graceful is the leap itself. I give my flapping wings to the breeze like an ancient prayer, and we have faith in each other. Twin gods lowering heaven as they lift the world. That is a magic dance, said a third. His silvered blue plumage accented with black wingtips. As much as I love flight, something captivates me about dreamily striding through shallow water. Those slow seconds blending my feet with river silt, cool water baptizing my legs. My neck lashes just below the surface, and I am a thunderclap in sunshine. I crept closer to hear more, but my clumsy approach pulled me face first into the thick mud as the next was about to speak. A giant, awkward stone scattering their beautiful ring with a splash. Graceful, they laughed above my head. He's lucky to even know the word. My graceful, I whispered, scraping drips of clay from my eyes. My graceful is a notebook and a, the pen in my right pocket. A voice to share what I saw and eyes that know holy. When I tell the ones that couldn't be here, I am today's echo. Thank you. Spike Daly, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the Right Reverend Robert Lashley to the stage. Jack, this poem is called Split Decision. The ring in the crowd, I saw them in colors. Tremors rearranged in the front of my skull, looped in hooks, crossed disoriented pistons, and on contact struck root in my nose. Fight! Be a man! Swallowing down the kindling in your lungs! Brave through the impulse to cry for your mama and look at him red as a final bell rings and think maybe in another life you could have been his friend. And though you'll be on the backs of several, know you have gotten a gift. The glory, not for you, but the ass whooping you took. The trial by fire with you on top. The cops' cards stacked heavy in your favor. Don't look at him alone, apart from his crew, as your uncle points up to the large Ollie poster. Boy, no one gets out of here alive. Two, at times I delude myself in the reason I watch. 
Not to witness its art or squalor, but in the hope that you are there. In the hope that you're in a writer's group from Biagues, reading Bellplay and Vallejo and a human red sport jacket, and maybe, just maybe, we would meet someday. In a dark jazz dive in the outskirts of the garden, where you would spot me, grab me, butt me in the head, and say, Los jueces me, me, me robaron, pero usted tiene un corazón, deja para sanar. Si, deja para sanar. And then and only then would I have found something here. A rainbow signs through smokers of its worth. A sport and not a glittery church of deathly means and ends. A meaning through contact to quickly transcend this spitic sunken feeling that I've punched you into a statistic and somehow got out alive. Thank you very much. That's Robert Lashley. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Anna Wolf to the stage. This one is called uh, What He Could Do, and it's, uh, it's for my dad, and uh, with apologies to Elizabeth Holmes, if you've read her poem, What She Could Do. So, What He Could Do. Scarf a whole cheese on a winter afternoon. Break rocks, dig manure, tend peppers. Stuff sausage with his own blend of spices. Kick everyone's ass at Scrabble. Spit daggers at Rumsfeld. Talk late, turn puns, bottles cluttering the table. Conjure voices for each character in the Lord of the Rings. Stop a sentence with his deep-set eyes grill goat and salmon brew beer map eons rip the filters from cigarettes and one is uh called kidnapped i love my sister but When we were young and we slept in the same big bed, I would lay far from the window because if a person or a monster came in, they would see her first. Kidnap her, not me. And even though I would miss her, go crazy with grief, I would be safe. My sister loves me, but... While I was sleeping far from the window, she lay next to the wall, blending into the crack between it and the bed, because if an intruder came in, they might overlook her and take me instead. Thank you. Anna Wolf. That is Anna Wolf. Again, 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 I tell you, tell you, listen. listen.